Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm Audrea Greenhoff, and in this interview series, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's newest and most innovative food brands out there to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Hey everyone, welcome back to Better Food Stories. I'm Audrea Greenhoff, and today I'm talking to Reed Pearson, the founder of Hero Fuel, a sports bar specifically designed for young athletes. Now, this isn't just any sports bar. What's really unique about Hero Fuel is that they formulate and optimize every one of their products to the exact dietary specifications of young athletes ages 8 to 15. So these aren't just any kid athletes. These are competitive swimmers, competitive gymnasts, and overall just really badass kids. In my conversation with Reed, you'll learn how his own passion for sports led him to become a food entrepreneur, how Hero Fuel is disrupting the protein bar space with a product geared toward new generations of athletes, how face-to-face interaction has been instrumental in helping Hero Fuel sell their products online, And we also dive deep into my very favorite topic as a copywriter, brand story. This, you guys, is key for any successful brand. And in this interview, Reed and I talk about how Hero Fuel has been able to tell and craft their own brand story and what you could do to build up a strong brand story of your own. Now, if you're in the food business or you're a food influencer building a brand online, Trust me, you do not want to miss this episode. Remember, you could check out all the accompanying blog posts to these interviews on my website, audriagreenhoff.com, or by following me on Medium at Audrea Greenhoff. And if you've been enjoying these interviews, I would love it if you let me know by sharing a review on iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Now, on to my interview with Reed Pearson of Hero Fuel. Absolutely. It's my, my pleasure, and thank you for. Um for reaching out and setting this up. Why don't we jump right into it and you can start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about um, what your company Hero Fuel is all about. My name is Reed Pearson and along with my wife Cassidy, we founded Hero Fuel. And Hero Fuel uh, has a vision to create uh, sports nutrition products designed specifically for the young athlete. So our flagship product is a, a sports bar, a performance bar that's made specifically for, you know, about six to 15 year old kids playing sports. Where did the idea initially get started? I was, uh, I've been involved in youth sports my whole life. I, I grew up playing baseball and basketball and football and soccer. And after college, I actually started coaching some youth sports. And I had parents coming up to me and asking me, what their kids should be eating between baseball games and before practices uh, because I had a little bit of a background in nutrition uh, from school. And I just I found out that uh, there weren't a lot of good options for this age group. You know, there was sort of the adult bars out there and the adult nutrition products, which had, had really grown a lot but didn't really meet the needs of younger kids. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there was – there was very kiddie bars, kind of just more like granola bars, and there really wasn't anything in between. And so that kind of sparked this idea 
in my head uh, that that there was an opportunity to uh, provide parents with you know better snacks to fuel their athletes. So, what are some of the? How are the bars made for anybody who might not be familiar with the brand? What goes into the bars, and how are they different? Sure kind of from your typical yeah. granola bar or protein bar? Yeah, we, we call it the young athlete formula, and it's really three things. First and foremost, it's the actual nutrition inside is designed for a kid, not an adult. So if you look at an adult energy bar, it might have 30, gram, 30 carbohydrates, you know, 25 grams of sugar, might have 25 grams of protein. They can kind of be all over the place, and for a kid, that's – that's going to lead to issues for them. So the right nutrition is key. The second thing is we use very simple, all-natural ingredients that parents recognize and are comfortable with. So sort of the first evolution of, of nutrition product, products and bars, they kind of just use ingredients um, that you wouldn't really recognize. They're very chemical sounding. And, and what we've seen now is parents actually read the nutrition label. So we wanted to have ingredients in our products that parents would recognize and feel comfortable with. And the last thing, and maybe even the most important, is the taste and the flavor. So we hear over and over again how picky kids are at this age and how the the mom of the family is always looking for bars uh, or snacks that their kid will actually eat. And so um, we knew that in developing this, we had to focus on flavors and taste profiles that kids would actually enjoy eating. So it's really those three things that go into making this bar specifically designed for that uh, demographic. Yeah, and I'm actually kind of looking through your Instagram here, and I love some of the photos. Tell me a little bit about who your average customer is. It looks like, is it kids who are really big into competitive sports? Tell me a little bit about that. When we launched, you know, we thought, okay, we'll launch and we'll put this out in the market and every different sport will absolutely love the product and take to it. <laughs> and uh, that's not necessarily what happened. What we found was that actually the more individual sports, uh, a little bit more highly competitive sports took to the product first. So for us, that was swimming. We're up in the Bay Area, and there's a lot of swimming that happens up here pretty much year-round. And so swimmers, you know, they kind of inherently understand the importance of nutrition because it factors so much into their performance. Uh, And the same is true of gymnasts. So even though, you know, neither of those sports were sports that I mentioned that I played growing up and I knew absolutely nothing about, uh, we saw pretty quickly where the sales were coming from. And so we decided to focus on those sports of swimming and gymnastics, at least to start, at least to get a foothold in the market and then look to new sports to kind of spread out and uh, grow market share. I love this idea, especially because, I mean, I haven't really seen anything like that. Like you mentioned, there are so many different kind of protein bars, but this really, it looks like you really niche down on your and know who your target is. When you first started the company, um, what was kind of that first step you took to set the wheels in motion? You know, how did you go from yeah. idea to kind of starting a, a viable, you know, company? Sure. So I mentioned I've been in youth sports my whole life. Well, when I was in college, I went to um, University of Southern California. Uh, you know, I was still thinking about this market, and, and I liked it particularly because there's so much passion involved with youth sports. I mean, it, it's teaching our kids. Uh, so many important lessons, and parents are so enthusiastic. I, I just thought it was a market 
ripe for a brand to come in and um, you know create an opportunity there. And so I, in college, I actually uh, developed a nutrition powder. It was called Super Snack. And it, it was the same sort of concept. It was, it was you know, nutritionally designed to be ideal for these younger athletes. And I would go around to sporting events on the weekend with uh, a blender and kind of this crude setup. Uh, and I'd go to soccer meets and YMCA events and fun runs. And I'd blend up these smoothies and, and sell, sell them to parents. And, uh, you know, I learned, I learned a lot from that. I mean, it was trust is probably the biggest thing I learned. Parents had a little bit hard time trusting this uh, college kid that obviously didn't have kids himself out there blending this product in a (laughs) a blender and serving to their kids. Um, And I also learned about convenience. Um, You know, parents don't have time to, you know, take a powder and mix it into a blender and and this and that. And so the, the seed was sort of planted for me then. Um, when I graduated, I kind of, I went off, I studied entrepreneurship, so I always knew I, I wanted to be involved in a startup, um, and which is kind of interesting. My, my whole life, I didn't really know that was going to be the case, but when it time, came time to graduate, there was just something in me that did not want to go out and get a real job, and so it wasn't really a conscious thing. I think it was just kind of buried in the back of my mind that I was going to try and figure out a way to strike out on my own. And so when I graduated, I, uh, I went and worked for a couple other startups for, for a few years. And then, um, uh, you know, and then I eventually got back to this idea of, of new sports. And so I, I settled on the format and the concept of a bar, a nutrition bar, because of the convenience factor. Um, and so the first step that I took was at the time I was working at a, um, a health club. It was like a tennis um, tennis and health club and there were a lot of young athletes running around and so I literally started making these bars um, in my apartment and then I convinced the the cafe manager there to let me start selling them through the cafe and he was nice enough to let me do that and so the first kind of my first sales opportunity was you know I was working this cafe and I was pitching all the parents that came through the cafe that they should try out uh, these bars. And in the beginning, I didn't even say that they were mine. I just said, yeah, this is great. You know, they're a local company. Uh, I tried them. They're awesome. They taste really good. And looks like the ingredients are pretty fresh. So, you know, try them out. And it was sort of like a, a way that I could get reaction without having the um, having to stare at someone if they hated it and tell me that, you know, they didn't like my own product. And so um, eventually I, I did start to take ownership and word got around like, oh yeah, this, this, this guy's, these are this guy's bars and it was fine. But that was kind of the first opportunity of, you know, face to face selling to parents and, and selling to kids and, and really what got me started. That's awesome. I love how you kind of took that tactic of, you know, kind of separating yourself from the company to, to yeah. see the the kind of reaction from the market. That's great. So it looks like you took a really kind of grassroots approach, just going out and, you know, putting it in front of people. How has that um, changed from when you first started to how customers are finding you now? Has it changed a lot? You know, it hasn't. Um, our model... It, it's such a competitive industry, you know, the, the food business, particularly packaged food and particularly nutrition bars. So we knew from the start that the that the traditional model of, you know, 
getting into a grocery store uh, and, and you know moving uh, off their shelves wasn't going to work for us. We didn't have the budget. We didn't have the funding um, to drive awareness. So our model pretty much from the start has been we want to be sort of digitally native. We want to be e-commerce based um, and we want to have a strong, uh, you know, you, you call it grassroots, we would say kind of event uh, presence where the fortunate thing with our market is kids are out playing sports uh, every day and every weekend. And so especially where we are in the Bay Area, we were able to just start going to sporting events uh, on the weekends. And for us, that meant uh, swim meets and selling at these events face to face. And so that's how we built up our initial customer base. And to this day, you know, yesterday I was just kind of sitting down putting together our, our fall and winter event schedule because we haven't found anything better than, you know, that, again, that face-to-face interaction with the context of sports happening around us to sell this product. So we do a little bit of online marketing and, and we do, we do want to talk, we do want to focus a lot on, on branding, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but mm-hmm. we, you know, we still rely heavily on that, that face-to-face and that event, um, that event kind of model. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm glad you, you mentioned branding because that kind of segues into my next question, you know, going through, um, you know, your website and going through your Instagram, particularly, um, you really get that, that vibe of you see the real kids who, who are using the product. What is the one thing that you want, um, customers to kind of take from, finding you online what do you want your message to be as far as your brand story and how are you making moves to kind of communicate that through your different channels well let's let's talk about first you know why brand is so critically important when you know the food business i always tell people there's nothing proprietary about it your ingredients are on the back of your package it's Mm -hmm. it's right there in front of any everyone to see so if someone wants to copy your product, it's very easy to do, and it's it's very easy for the big guys above you to copy your product if you have something that's working. And so, in the food business, it always, in my mind at least, it always comes down to building a brand. And the example that I always think about is the uh, energy drink market, where there are so many different energy drinks. It's all basically the same stuff, and yet you have a handful of winners Uh, in the category. And if you look at who those winners are, it's the brands that have been able to establish themselves and resonate with a particular demographic. I look at at Red Bull uh, as a great example and someone that I try and uh, emulate in terms of what they've been able to do sort of in the extreme sports market. They're sort of a content company first and a product company second. And so that's, you know, that's been my philosophy of this business is we have to be primarily focused on building a brand. Yes, you have to have a great product, but that's assumed. You need to focus on, you know, building a brand that's going to really resonate with your demographic. So, for us, the kind of, you asked about that one that was kind of that core brand concept and for us it's all about kids achieving their full potential or or put a put a little more powerfully that kids achieving their dreams. I know when I was a kid, I wanted to be a professional basketball player until I was like in high school and it became blatantly obvious to me that that, that wasn't going to be the case. But, you know, everybody everybody at that age, they want to be an Olympian. They want to be a professional, you know, baseball player, whatever it is. And so 
when kids look at our brand and when parents look at our brand, the one thing that we want them to take away is just this idea of chasing your dreams and striving to fulfill your full potential. And that's the essence of our brand. Um, and in terms of kind of how we go about executing on that brand strategy, um, we, 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 want to, we want to be very visual. Uh, you know, when we're targeting with our product, you have a consumer uh, who's the kid and you have the customer who's the parent, right? So we have kind of this dichotomy where it's actually the parent that purchases, but it's the kid that actually eats the product. Mm-hmm. And we made a pretty conscious decision to actually target the kid. Um, because we thought with the parent, it's more of a logical decision about a, a nutrition bar. It's, they can weigh kind of the pros and cons and look at you know how much protein and how much sugar and this and that. But it becomes kind of a logical breakdown. Whereas with the kid, it's emotional. It's it's yeah. you know I want to eat Hero Fuel because I want to be the best that I can be. I want to be like so and so who's featured on their page, or I want to become an Olympian. And so. Even though the kid isn't the one actually purchasing the product, we've chosen to focus our marketing efforts on the kid, and so you know that means a heavy focus on on content on high quality content, um, and specifically, kind of channel wise, we work on Instagram because it's the platform that we've seen that these kids are all engaging on, and it's a platform where we can go directly to them. Um, and on top of that, it's, it's visual, so it kind of plays in to our content strategy. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about fails or rather than fails, like lessons. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, I thought it was it, it was interesting in our email exchange. You said marketing fails happen every day. So what are some of the things that you've noticed or maybe anything that you've been particularly surprised about? Maybe something you mm. thought was going to work that didn't or something that you didn't think was going to work that actually did? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Marketing fails do happen every day, and it's it's a constant refining of, of what's working and what doesn't. I, I would say for us, in our case, the thing that has not worked that I thought would would be the traditional online marketing approach. I, I thought, okay, we'll get on Facebook, we'll target moms, and we'll run ads to them. And that, that really hasn't worked for us. Um, I, you know, if you ask me why, I, I would say... I think it's because we're kind of creating a new category here. We're we're in between like a kitty kids bar and we're in an adult bar. And you know, and, and it's also kind of a logical, like I said, a logical decision for moms and or and dads. So it's just not that, you know, sticky of content. So we haven't had a ton of success just doing the traditional online advertising of Google ads and, and Facebook ads. Um, whereas the things that we have had success with are more of kind of like the grassroots getting kids really engaged. When we were just starting up, um, we came up with this idea called the quest and the quest was like our little gamification way to get kids submitting content to us to achieve different, um, trophies kind of along the way. And if they got all five, we would give them a t-shirt and this and that. And, we actually, I mean, in the beginning, that became a way for us actually to, to make money to support the business because we were selling T-shirts that these kids um, would get once they got kind of all five of these trophies or whatever. And we were selling a lot of T-shirts. And we're like, wow, okay, so kids really like this idea of being engaged, of kind of moving and, uh, you know, moving through kind of like a game-like atmosphere. 
and then having a t-shirt to show off that they earned all five trophies. I mean, we were even selling little like patches of each trophy that they could put on the shirt. And so it was, and, and that took a lot of kind of like in spreadsheets, tracking kids submissions at the time, this was done through Facebook. So they were submitting and it was mostly parents, but they were submitting you know, photos of their kids, write-ups about if there was a community one about what they did in the community, this and that. And, and so it was very grassroots, but it was that engagement that we were like, hmm, there's really something here in terms of kids wanting to be involved and engaged with the brand. And we still we still do that. We still actually have kind of a version of that going on right now on Instagram. Very cool. Is that what the Fuel Greatness leaderboard is on your site? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's really cool. I mean, so you're linking to to their pages as well? Yeah, so Great. yeah, the way that that works is that we actually have a, a challenge of the week that we post and it's typically kind of a sports related fun challenge. It might be, you know, create a handshake with your with your favorite teammate or uh, you know, set a new PR doing whatever whatever it is in your sport and then they get points for doing that and then we have a leaderboard at the end of the week and you know different kids get different things and for us it was again it was sort of a reverse engineered content strategy because we were we were asking ourselves how do we get kind of more user generated content mm-hmm. and one of those challenges was where they actually have to fuel up and they have to you know eat the product so we actually get user submitted photos of kids eating the product so it was very much a uh an evolution of of the quest that i mentioned to you and and just moved over to instagram i love that you mentioned that this is not your first foray into owning your own business you studied entrepreneurship in college um what do you think helped you uh, from your past experiences in building hero fuel as a brand yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting because I look back and definitely I don't have one of those stories that that's like when I was young I was selling lemonade on the side of the street and selling you know baseball cards at school and trying to make money. I was actually you know a good student. I just sort of followed the rules, did well in school, and then went to college and and didn't really think much about it. I think something in college, like I said, sort of was buried in my mind that I I, I thought I was capable of doing something a little bit different um, and striking out on my own. And, and I think what, you know, in terms of developing skills to sort of feed that path, I think the biggest thing is is this idea of, of sort of being scrappy and sort of realizing that everything around us was created by somebody. And I think it was Steve Jobs that said that and, and created by someone that was no smarter than you, no less. So, you know, it's just that realization that, you know, look, at everything, you can do whatever you want. You can create whatever you want. Um, and the skills that you need to really sort of cultivate are this scrappiness, this determination, this ability to say, I don't know how to do this thing, but I'm going to go figure it out. And I'm not going to be afraid that I don't know how to do it. And uh, we're still at the very, very beginning stages of, of of business. But every day, there's something where you know I sort of chuckle to myself, where it's like I literally have no idea what I'm doing right now. <laughs> um, and and you have to kind of be okay with that. Um, and that's that's also part of the, the fun part. So it, it's really kind of just cultivating that that um, that ability to just figure out how to get things done. Don't judge yourself too much when you don't know how to do them and move along. Um, 
and, and have a vision. I mean, have the thing that keeps you going as an entrepreneur is that vision in your mind where if everything goes the way that you hope it will, you will achieve because there's going to be so many setbacks and, and hard times where it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. And you have to keep that positive vision. Um, and for me, it's a very kind of specific vision about the business in my head that I keep there to kind of keep me motivated along the way. Sure. What do you think is the most exciting or maybe challenging thing about today's food industry and being a part of that? It's it's crowded. I mean, you know, it's. I, I was just reading an article the other day about how much um, VC investment has gone into food brands last year. A lot of the tech guys where we are actually in Silicon Valley are investing in, in food brands, which is great. There, there's a lot of potential here, but it's it's so crowded. I mean, I was down at Expo West, and it's just, you know, everybody's got a coconut water, everybody's got a cold brew, everybody's got a kombucha. Um, it's really crowded. So you really have to have a very specific niche and be um, be amazing to that that niche that you're going after. You can't just be okay or lukewarm with them. You have to really solve a problem for for that niche and so and that kind of translates to to all areas i mean it's i think it's a lot harder now to get into the bigger stores because there are a lot of exciting you know smaller brands competing for that same space um amazon is great but again there's so many other brands competing so it's just a really highly highly competitive uh environment where you could have a perfectly good product um and just still not make it. It's just, it's just, it's just really crowded. Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I think you gave such great insight about your journey and what it has taken to start this business. Before we wrap up, I'd love to switch gears a little bit and give you some fun, sort of rapid fire style questions. Are you up for that? Okay. I'm up for it. Let's do it. Okay. So number one, what's your favorite day of the week and why? Oh, my favorite day of the week is probably this is a standard answer probably, but I would say Saturday. But a little twist on it, I, I, I mean, I enjoy being productive, which kind of drives my wife crazy. So my perfect Saturday is usually working in the morning, getting some stuff done, and then um, relaxing in the afternoon. Especially now, I think uh, college football is coming back on soon. I'm a big college football fan, so I like watching some big college football games in the afternoon. Cool. Number two, what is the last TV show or movie that you watched? Oh, um, I just watched uh, this Netflix series, Roman Empire, which I got, you know, I just totally binged it over the weekend. It was, it was, uh, I, I love history. And I went to Rome last summer and it's sort of this documentary and drama mix up and it was, uh. It was awesome to watch. I, I couldn't. I literally could not stop watching each episode. Oh, very cool. What did you think about Rome? I actually went for the first time. I think three or four years ago, and yeah. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was. Amazing. I loved. I loved it. I loved the balance of you know you can walk in one area and see you know this, this amazing relics from two thousand years ago, and then yep. you can go kind of to a more modern city and get dinner and drinks. So it's just amazing to be sitting there like you know drinking a beer next to. 
the Coliseum or something. It, it's it's pretty mind blowing. Yeah, I agree. I definitely. Yeah. I think there's so much to see. I I want to go back. I don't think I spent enough time there. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, and I and I loved. I mean, we went to a couple places in Italy, um, and I just loved Italy in general. We were up in Tuscany for a little bit. It was just you know super relaxing and castles in the countryside. It was it was pretty awesome. Okay, number three, and this might be a tough one since you are a food entrepreneur. If you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Three foods. Um, so I'm I'm pretty health conscious. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the practical approach here and say uh, eggs would be one. You know, it's a well balanced food that I actually like eating. Okay. My favorite sort of protein is is salmon. I, I could eat that for pretty much every meal. So that would be number two. And then number three, um, you got to choose a, a vegetable of some sort. So my favorite vegetable is asparagus. So Ooh, I'm going to choose eggs, salmon, and asparagus, which in retrospect is the most boring uh, <laughs> answer on the planet. But again, I, I, kinda, I took the practical approach there and thinking what could possibly sustain me. Yeah, I think those are solid choices. I, I will say I'm a huge... Dessert-wise, I'm I have a huge sweet tooth though. I'm a huge chocolate lover, so you know some sort of chocolate or mint chocolate uh, ice cream is is the top of my list for desserts. Cool. And number four, what's one thing people would never guess about you? Never guess about me. Um, okay, so I'll answer this two ways. So just a, a personal thing, I do um, triathlons. I basically work and then and then train for triathlon swim bike run um and that's that's kind of been a growing part of my life uh so that's kind of just more of a surface level thing i think you know the, the thing about and, and this is the thing about entrepreneurs in general that people might not guess like we come off as very confident um but there i face personally so much like doubt in my everyday you know uh working and it's you know people often regard me as a pretty confident person and, and happy-go-lucky, but there's a lot of kind of emotional swings that happen, not just over the course of a month or a week, but of like literally every day. And so, you know, I personally, and this is something I'm trying to work on, is not to feel so much, you know, doom and gloom and doubt when, when you know, bad news comes down the pipe. So that's kind of a, a personal thing that people would be surprised that I that I feel that much doubt, but um, it's something that's there, and, I, and I'm sure it's there for pretty much all entrepreneurs. Yeah, that's funny that you say that. I think um, a couple of people that I've spoken to have mentioned kind of in the same vein that, like, you know, the confidence thing takes a lot and, you know, getting on the sales calls and going out and like, you know, kind of peddling your product to everybody is, seems very extroverted, but a lot of times people are not. Absolutely. And I, that, you know, I've found the thing that helps too is finding other entrepreneurs to share your sort of, you know, struggles with day to day uh, has helped me a lot just to be able to say, you know, this crazy thing happened. I can't believe it. And they're like, yeah, that crazy thing has happened to me too. It's so crazy. And just, just to know that there's other people out there, you know, facing similar things and feeling similar things helps a lot. Sure. Definitely. Well, Reed, this was amazing. I thought this was a great conversation. I had a lot of fun. Um, before we sign off, where can people find out more about you and Hero Fuel? 
Uh, the, the website's probably the best spot, uh, shophero.fuel.com. I am on Instagram, but that's pretty much uh, run by my wife tagging photos of me. I don't think I've been on Instagram for a while, but I'm just, uh, I'm at Reed Pearson on Instagram. Um, you can always, you know, DM me there if you want to chat more. Email is probably the best thing though, read at shophero.fuel.com. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you want to check out more interviews in the Better Food Stories series, you can follow me at Audrea Greenhoff on Medium or visit AudreaGreenhoff.com. I'm also Audrea Greenhoff on Twitter and Instagram.